KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Thursday, November 16th. Hundreds of migrants are still coming across the border near Hakumba Hot Springs. More on how CBP is handling the situation next. But first, let's do the headlines. The University of California system is spending $7 million to improve its response to conflicts stemming from the Israel-Hamas war. UC President Michael Drake says some students and staff members express feeling unsafe in light of what they feel is tension on campuses. The funding is meant to enhance safety and improve the climate on UC's 10 campuses, including UCSD. It will be used for emergency mental health services, educational programs to help improve public discourse, and training for staff and faculty. California utility regulators are poised to rewrite solar rules for complexes with more than one electric meter. Schools, farms, and small businesses stand to lose significant financial incentives. A revised plan included renters but reduced incentives for landlords. Solo advocate Bernadette Del Chiaro says the state needs to encourage and not discourage solar installations. We need utility-scale projects to move forward. We need distributed projects to move forward, and we need efficiency and conservation. That's how we get to 100% clean energy in California, and we really need the governor to make it a priority. The California Public Utilities Commission is voting on the proposed rules today. More sidewalks may soon be getting repaired in the city of San Diego. That's because the city council this week approved a new campaign to speed up the process. It includes notifying thousands of property owners that they are responsible for repairs near their properties, waiving a more than $2,000 permit fee and streamlining an approval process. The city will begin sending out the notices to property owners this winter. According to the San Diego Union-Tribune, the city currently has more than $230 million worth of sidewalk repairs to catch up on. The permit fee will be waived through June 2026. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Hundreds of migrants are still coming across the border near Hakumba Hot Springs each day and being held without proper shelter at outdoor sites. Reporter Jacob Ayer says the months-long issue is now being compounded by increasingly inhospitable weather. Months after migrant camps first formed near Hakumba Hot Springs, they're still going strong, despite the weather, which is quickly becoming much colder and wetter in the area. The movement has actually accelerated. Sam Schultz is the the boots-on-the-ground help for many of the migrants. 
He says Customs and Border Protection started detaining migrants at a trio of sites near Hakumba back in May. There are more people going through every day, an average of 350 to 500 per day through the camps. The big change is that the Border Patrol has become more efficient at about moving them out. In addition to firewood, Schultz says blankets, warmer clothing, and better shelter are what migrants at the sites now need most. Customs and Border Protection sent us a statement saying it's leveraging all available resources and partnerships to vet and process migrants, and that it prioritizes the health and safety of all they encounter by providing appropriate medical care and coordinating with emergency medical services. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Chula Vista City Council member Andrea Cardenas is facing new calls to resign amid criminal charges. South Bay reporter Corey Suzuki says some critics are now focusing on her position with Sandag. It's been almost two weeks since Chula Vista City Council member Andrea Cardenas was charged with fraud and grand theft of federal pandemic aid dollars. On Tuesday, the city council met for the first time since San Diego County District Attorney Summer Steffen announced the charges, seven felony counts against the first-term council member. Ahead of the meeting, a group of Chula Vista residents stood on the steps of City Hall and called for Cardenas to step down. Jesse Navarro is a retired San Diego police officer and Chula Vista resident. Now that things are coming forward, we must continue to hold her accountable. And basically, if she has any decency, she should resign. She should resign immediately. Cardenas did not show up to Tuesday's city council meeting. If Cardenas doesn't resign, some critics say city officials should remove her from her position on SANDAG, the San Diego Association of Governments. That's the regional agency that oversees transportation and planning. Critics also said the city should censure Cardenas or suspend her without pay. The group that held the late afternoon press conference says their protest wasn't about politics. Still, many of them say they don't trust the council's Democrats and want Republican Mayor John McCann to take Cardenas' seat on SANDAG. Cora Suzuki, KPBS News. A charter school network in North County says it recently dropped its policy protecting transgender students' privacy because of the threat of a lawsuit. Advocates tell North County reporter Alexander Wynn that the new policy essentially outs students to parents. The Classical Academies is a charter school network serving more than 5,300 students in North County. Classical Chief Executive Officer Cameron Curry said in a statement to KPPS that the school changed its policy after a threat of legal action by a constitutional lawyer. Dean Broyles, the lawyer in question, says there was no threat. We didn't specifically threaten a lawsuit against Classical Academy over their parent secrets policy, but we did inform them that their policy was unconstitutional and needed to be changed. Unlike the old policy, Classical's new policy requires parents to be notified if a student changes their pronouns or names to match their gender identity, even without the student's consent. Curry says the old policy was nearly identical to the one by Escondido Union School District, which is currently under litigation. Alexander Nguyen, KPPS News. Coming up, how will holiday travel be impacted by the construction at the San Diego airport? It's not so much the traffic congestion related to the project itself. It's probably added a little bit, but it's more just the sheer volume of people going to and from the airport. We'll have more on what you can expect at the airport just after the break. 
KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. A major milestone was celebrated yesterday in the new Terminal 1 project at the San Diego International Airport. The new building's last steel beam was placed after being signed by airport management and local dignitaries. The next step will be to place glass on the exterior of the new terminal, which is now 40% complete. Airport Authority Board Chairman Gil Cabrera says this won't be just any glass. You're going to see the uh, exterior of the building walls go up and what's called the luminous wave, which is the uh, glass uh, enclosure of the, of the building, which will look like a, a wave pattern and it does a great job of letting light in. So it's very bright inside from outdoor light, but it will hold out the heat of the sun. My colleague Jade Heidman spoke with Lori Weisberg, who's a reporter with the San Diego Union Tribune and has been following the airport redevelopment and the tourism industry here in San Diego. Here's that interview. So before we get into the future of the airport, let's talk about the present, uh, particularly with the busy holiday travel season upon us. What do people need to know right now as they plan their their trips out next week? Well, as always, you know, the airport's going to be it's going to be especially busy. That goes without saying. What's different, though, is um, for those that are using Terminal 1, it's obviously a major construction project. And one of the, the main differences, there isn't a Terminal 1 parking plaza or parking garage right now. That is that is not available because of this construction work. Hmm. So people can still use the parking plaza for Terminal 2. They can use valet parking or they can always find alternative ways to get to the airport and not park, you know, whether it's Uber and Lyft or having someone drop them off or pick them up. You, you don't have to park at the airport, but you should know that um, the, the traditional parking available for Terminal 1 is no longer there because of this massive construction going on. Any advice on how much of a head start someone needs to get to the airport, given that those complications are there? Right. And, and, you know, it's not like, you know, when you're going to LAX in Los Angeles where you have to get there so much because there's so much, you have to get there so much earlier because there is so much construction. I would get there a bit earlier because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I would more than just an hour ahead, but the, it's not so much the traffic congestion related to the project itself. It's probably added a little bit, but it's more just the sheer volume of people going to and from the airport. I know I'm one of those that never parks at the airport. I always, you know, usually use um, ride sharing to get Mm -hmm. there, ride sharing to get home. I know that's not possible for everybody and other people like to park, but that that's one thing I I would recommend. But now has the location of ride sharing changed with the construction? So not so much the ride sharing. I don't believe ride sharing has, but they just recently in October introduced a slightly new entrance for Terminal 1. And it, so it comes up a little sooner than if you had gone to Terminal 1 before. It comes up a little sooner than when you're on Harbor Drive, when you're approaching the airport. So they'll see now this new entrance near um, Liberator Way. And so when they enter that new entrance, they're going to be on the first section of this new on-airport entrance roadway that will take motorists to the front of the existing Terminal 1, and they'll they'll exit there at ground level. So that that is new. And then at a future date, it's going to be 
further realigned and it's going to split into an elevated departures roadway and this ground let ground level arrivals roadway so that's a that's a big part of the new project so the main difference right now is it's just a slightly newer entrance not slightly it's a new entrance that comes up slightly sooner when you're driving there there are two main phases of the airport's redevelopment can you break down what's included in each right so as i mentioned the the first phase is this new facility all from the ground up and that's 19 gates um, state-of-the-art facility all new concessions um, so that's that's phase one and that's supposed to open um, in late summer of 2025, but it still won't be completely done because there's eventually going to be 30 gates. So they are going to add on to that building to, for those 30 gates. But the way they do that is to demolish the existing uh, very old facility. And they're going to do that. And then they will attach this new, you know, new construction to the existing new facility and that's supposed to open in 2028. So as I said, you'll have, instead of 19 gates that you have now, you'll have a brand new facility with all 30 new gates, with so 11, 11 additional gates. And Lori, holiday travel in Southern California seems to be back at full strength for the first time since 2019. But what about San Diego's tourism industry? Has it rebounded as well? Yeah, really, it really has. It's, it's an amazing success story. I mean, if we all remember what it was like during the early months, even even well into the pandemic, tourism was way down because there were so many things that were closed. I mean, for sure, theme parks, cruise industry was shut down, conventions were were not happening. So, you know, there was hardly anybody going to the airport. I mean, you could still fly, but there were hardly any flights. It's remarkable how quickly um, tourism has rebounded in San Diego. Obviously, a lot of people as the pandemic eased, we're aching to get back to traveling. So that's that's obviously driving it. And San Diego's always been a popular destination, especially because of the weather. So uh, there was recent uh, recent report from the San Diego Tourism Authority showing that spending by travelers coming here easily exceeded pre-pandemic levels by almost nearly three billion dollars. Um, so that's that's pretty remarkable. That was San Diego Union-Tribune reporter Lori Weisberg speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Heidman. The airport redevelopment project is supposed to be finished by early 2028. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us again tomorrow for the day's top stories. Plus, we have details on how you can donate and volunteer ahead of Thanksgiving. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Thursday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.